As a special tribute, this momentous episode is dedicated to my father, Scott Papillon, who passed away on the 19th of March, 2010, at the age of 60. My father spent many years of his life as a journalist, working as a sports writer for the Associated Press and the Minneapolis Star. He always liked that I reported the news and continued his legacy through journalism in the new media. So, Dad, thank you for everything that you've done in teaching me about reporting. And this one's for you, the Cell Phone Junkie Podcast, episode 200 for March 28th, 2010. Announcements from CTIA 2010, Verizon talks more LTE, and some new devices in hand. My name is Mickey Papillon. And I'm Joey Coppice. Brought to you by Netflix and supported by listeners like you, subscribers to The Cell Phone Junkie Unlocked. More information at thecellphonejunkie.com. This show is also supported by The Cell Phone Junkie podcast application for the iPhone and iPod Touch, now available in the iTunes store for $1.99. Well, first this week, I did want to mention that uh, to thank everyone for their messages and comments over the last couple of weeks. It's been a very difficult time. And I do appreciate the outpouring of support that everyone has given me. Also, a huge thanks to Joey for carrying on the show last week without me. I truly do value our friendship. And uh, as always, thanks very much for your support. No problem. All right. Well, let's dive right into it here. we got a couple of things I want to talk about first. Obviously, uh, this week, uh, CTIA 2010, we're going to have a lot of announcements. But first off, I got some new devices here. The first one is a BlackBerry Curve 8530. About two weeks ago, I was having some problems with my Curve 8330, and uh, the L key specifically stopped working on it. So having the last name of Papillon uh, with double two L's in it is a little bit difficult uh, when your BlackBerry can't actually type out the word Papillon. So I uh, was uh, talking, that's a business device, so I was talking to my IT department, and they ended up uh, ordering me a new BlackBerry Curve 8530. So this is the newest version of the Curve. It's still on Verizon. Uh, a few comments about it. It's you know, small, light, um, very similar keyboard to the original Curve that I had. It has changed the navigation device. It's no longer the trackball. It's now the trackpad on it. Uh, the screen itself is um, is okay. It's definitely not up to par with the new Bold and Tours and stuff like that. Uh, but it's 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 okay. I'll just say that. Um, it's a little bit, uh, I'll say, cheap feeling compared to some of the other Blackberries that I've used. It's not a cheap device. I mean, it's, well, it is a cheap device. It's what, $50, I think? $50 on Sprint. Um, it's, uh, to me, Mickey, I don't think that it feels that cheap to me, but, uh, you know, I, I'm not a real heavy Blackberry user, so not a good judge of that. I don't know. For me, I just feel like it's just a, a very, it's it's a, a lower end blackberry you know compared to some of the other ones that are out there it's only got a two megapixel camera no flash the the verizon version that i have here does have wi-fi does have 3g bluetooth uh, gps so it's got all the things that you'd be looking for in a blackberry it seems uh just uh, the specs are not quite as as high as they were uh with the other ones but um otherwise you know it's a uh, it's a nice light device and uh will fit nicely in my repertoire here replacing the 8330 yeah absolutely and i've got uh two sprint versions on the way to this week for the office so i'll be able to tell you what the sprint looks like and it also includes wi-fi and gps as well on sprint i do like uh the blackberry bez interface and the way that they do everything one of the things that was very nice about this whole process is i I received this device it was great ordered it from verizon had it the very next day and uh, all i had to do was call up my it department and they gave me the blackberry enterprise activation so i typed in my email address and a password that they had uh, given me it was just a two-character password i typed that in immediately it reaches out um, and starts doing everything that it needs to do and everything down to the side key button mapping translates over the bez 
So I had specific features that I had done. Uh, for example, my left uh, convenience key was mapped directly to uh, changing my profiles. Uh, that was still working. And then the right side key was set for the, um, I can't remember what, I think I had it for the camera. Anyway, it launched the camera. It still mapped it. And that's not by default. I mean, that's stuff that pulls right over the bez. Um, but everything else on the device settings, everything profiles, uh, for those that are familiar with the BlackBerry, all the profiles come right over the air with the Bez activation. Mm. And it's truly amazing. I love the process. Very cool. You know, I've, I've got the Bez running, Mickey, but I don't, I, I just don't use the Blackberries myself. So I don't even see those things are, are occurring because when I've changed users over, I, 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 you know, I don't look at the profiles to see if they're new. I, I really don't care. They can set their profiles back up if they need them. There's something to be said for having push email and contacts and calendar and all that kind of stuff that over any device really now, any smartphone, you can get it. But the level, the the depth of what the Bez does is truly unmatched. I've never seen anything like this. And I, I've seen it from device to device when I've had curves replaced, but never from a, to, it's a totally separate device. I mean, it's, you know, not even the same model and it, it's still everything maps over and works perfectly. So uh, there's something about the BlackBerry that just makes it so much easier and better to use. Yeah. And I just love the fact that you can get notes synced over the air as well. Whereas, yeah, the, whereas the dumb Microsoft server never had that capability something that i use all the time i track a ton of stuff Me in too. the notes through outlook and then obviously syncs right over the air to the blackberry so anyway so that's one of the first devices uh, that i've got here the second one here is a sprint overdrive and unfortunately was not able to make it this week joey and i were all set to head out to ctia in las vegas and uh, with the events that i had this week with my father uh, we uh, had to quickly cancel the trip and weren't able to make it but in the process i had reached out to sprint and said i really would like to try out your new overdrive device which is the 3g 4g mobile hotspot and this is very similar to the MiFi. we've talked about the MiFi in the past this particular device is very, um, very, I would say, an upgrade for that. Uh, it does 4G as well as the 3G. So if you happen to be in an area that Sprint has the WiMAX coverage, you can take advantage of that. Uh, I do not, uh, however, have that uh, either in both Phoenix or Minneapolis. Uh, so unfortunately, I have not been able to try out the 4G yet, and that's why I was hoping to do so in Vegas. But uh, maybe we'll try and hit up another city here before I have to send it back to try that out. But what the nice thing is about it is it's got a screen on the front of it, unlike the the MiFi, that allows you to see the signal strength of what you your your ser service is with Sprint, as well as your battery level, and then uh, the amount of data that's been transmitted from the device, and uh, then a little bit more information about it. It's got a micro SD card slot in it, so you can set it up and actually use it as a little mobile uh, I guess we'll just we'll call it an FTP site for lack of a better term where you can send and receive files up and down to it across anyone who's connected to it uh, so you can connect multiple devices to it and it's just it's overall it's a very nice looking device and I'm really I'm, I'm excited about this one I'm, I'm grateful that Sprint was able to send me one here the iPad's coming next weekend and guess what I'm not going to have to get the 3G version because I'm testing out the overdrive here so depending on how quickly the the rollout of the 4G service comes this could definitely be something personally I'll pick up because it is very useful yeah, that's true and it is uh it's, it's neat to see the information on the screen where you don't have to pull up the you know an integrated web browser uh, uh to see the status of it yeah yeah and i'm you know overall the the size of it is is definitely bigger than the MiFi. i mean it, it's it's a chunk um i don't know what would you it's almost like uh, the size of a coaster like if you uh, yeah that's or, exactly kind of the size of it i see that it has a micro sd here so that's kind of nice it's got mm -hmm. the standardized charging method now um the, the the one thing is that boot up time you showed me mickey <laughs> You know, if you look at a MiFi and you press power on a MiFi, it's on within probably about 10 seconds at the most. And that's from the time you press and hold the button to it, it turns on, it runs through its startup sequence, and it connects to the network and you're going 10 seconds. 
This was probably 90 seconds. Yeah. Something like that. I mean, it At is, least. it is significant. I mean, I, I told Joey, I said, let's, I turned it on. I said, let's go make a sandwich. <laughs> Cause that's, that's about what you want to do. It's, it, it is pretty bad. So you're going to have to keep that in mind, but uh, battery level on it is uh, supposedly about the same as what you would get with the, with the MiFi's. I, I see about, uh, well, I should say, I don't want to say three hours because I, I tested this out yesterday and uh, was downloading heavy amounts of data with it. And actually, the battery life of the overdrive and the battery life of my MacBook were identical in using it yesterday. Um, I now, however, was downloading a ton of data with it. I had to update my email. I hadn't done that in weeks. And uh, so it downloaded approximately 700 megabytes of data over like two and a, two hours, two and a half hours, something like that. And uh, it actually died before it was done. Uh, my computer was done doing what it was <laughs> needed to do. So on a poly, constantly polling, sending, receiving data, it looks like it's just over two hours. But for, I'm sure, normal web browsing and email and stuff like that, you could probably get three to four. Uh, but, you know, it, it's... Um, it's a it's a nice device. It 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 seems to perform well. Radio level signal strength is fine, like that. So anyway, so that's a Sprint Overdrive. So that's pretty good. And then finally, I, I'm gonna have to make a decision here because um, one of the things that I have recently received as as part of uh, my father's passing is I'm inheriting a Sprint Serial plan. And these are plans that uh, we've talked about in the past, and unfortunately are not really available. But in my opinion, the best deal in wireless. It's a $30 plan, 500 minutes, unlimited nights and weekends, unlimited mobile to mobile nights and weekends start at 7 p.m. Unlimited data, unlimited SMS among who knows what else, $30 a month for all of that. And so it's a plan that I don't want to give up. Now, I've got an old Sanyo device here. I think it's a SCP 3200 or something like that. And uh, it's just a feature phone and definitely not taking advantage of everything that I can. But um, I will definitely hang on to that and need to make a decision here on what can happen. But, Joey, we've been talking BlackBerry seems to be probably a good way to go because there are not too many different devices you can activate on these plans. Well, you can do all of the feature phones that Sprint has, but you are restricted from the three instincts that they have. They've got three different models of instinct. You can't activate uh, any of the Android phones, the Hero in the moment. You can't activate the Pre or the Pixie. So basically, for smartphones, you're limited to Windows Mobile or BlackBerry. However, BlackBerry, you're subject to an additional charge on that. Mm-hmm. Um, their normal pack that they, they, they have, they, they offer when you go to activate the phone on the online account, is it comes up with a $30 BlackBerry pack, which includes navigation, Sprint TV, and the BIS, and maybe even a couple other things. But those are the, two, the three big features you get. However, there is a secret plan that you can get from sprint it's the uh, ten dollar bis blackberry buy up is what the options called and it's ten dollars additional per month and that's something i may do i'm gonna hang out here for a while and see what i can you know find here and what uh, what seems to make sense if you've got a a sprint phone that you really are liking and you'd like to give your recommendation of something you think i should get i'd love to hear it but ultimately i think i may wait for the two or two aka cdma bold yep Yep, and I think that's definitely coming soon. Here we were expecting an announcement this week. We didn't see one, but uh, I, you know, we we saw pictures of it back in December, so it should be out, uh, you know, within a couple months here. So I think that's uh, probably something that you can wait for. And Mickey, I actually did activate um, at least one serial plan with that with that ten dollar buy up this week. So I do know it's possible. Uh, it's, it seems like a good plan. Even then, another ten bucks is still forty dollars a month for all that is you know, probably half the price of what you'd anticipate paying on any other carrier. And if you want a smartphone, Mickey, your only other alternative is basically either the Touch Pro 2, or uh, yeah, the Touch Pro 2 or the Trio Pro. Trio Pro, yeah. Obviously, the Centro is an option too. That's something that you could do. But at this point in the game, it's I almost feel bad getting anything, you know, that's not taking full advantage of 
you know, everything that you can now get full, fully spec devices. Well, yeah. And Centra, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a great, awesome device, but it's, you know, it's been out for two and a half years on, you know, the OS that's been out for, I mean, how many years, uh, many, many, many years, <laughs> right? It, it's long in the tooth. I mean, there's no application support for it anymore. Basically. I mean, any development is now done. Um, you know, the modern things like, you know, Google voice are not supported. Google calendar sync is not supported. So all these things you're missing out on. Yeah. I, I, there's, there's so many reasons to, I guess, not go with a device that's, you know, I'll just say, uh, any older than probably six months old at this point. So I've got a, I've got some serious thinking to do. And again, if you've got any suggestions, I'd love to hear them. So let's jump into the news here. We had a, a lot of stuff from CTIA, a lot of stuff outside of CTIA as well. But uh, most of it kind of we're just going to go through here as uh, things kind of fall fell into place for them uh, this week. Unfortunately, we did not get to see it firsthand. But nonetheless, we're going to tell you all about it. So first off, HTC opening an online web store to sell their phones and accessories. Uh, they have devices available from all four major U.S. US carriers and some devices seem to even have the discounts from the carrier pricing. So good news there. You can pick up an HTC Hero on Sprint for $100 from shopamerica.htc.com with an instant discount from letstalk.com. And the same phone costs $150 on Sprint's own website after a $100 mail-in rebate. Similarly, the HTC Droid Eris on Verizon Wireless is free on HTC's own website, which is $80 on the Verizon online store. Currently, no phones are available on the HTC online store in an unlocked form, but all devices are being sold with a contract and carrier agreement. So check those out if you're interested in an HTC device. Like I said, we had a lot of CTIA news here, and I'm going to put a link in the show notes here. Engadget always does a great job of covering conferences like this, and uh, they put together a kind of wrap-up post here of all the different devices that they looked at, all the different new pieces of software and different vendors and stuff that they they chatted with. So if you want to kind of read everything that uh, happened at the show, we're actually going to do also an unlock show where we're talking all about what happened there and dive into more depth of some of the, these new uh, announcements and whatnot. But uh, a link in the show notes here for an Engadget post of the wrap-up of all the devices. A survey found that 91% of Americans are using cell phones. Uh, This came out of CTIA and showed that approximately 285 million U.S. uh, uh, I'll just call them U.S. callers used 1.12 trillion minutes of talk time in the last half of 2009. That's up about 3.4% from the same period in 2008. That breaks down to an average of 6.1 billion minutes used per day, about 21 minutes per person. Wireless service revenues totaled nine, or excuse me, $77 billion in the last half of the year, which is slightly up from last year. Uh, that's 91% of the total population of the U.S. is using wireless services, up $15 million over the same period last year. So a lot of people out there are using uh, these devices, specifically two data-capable devices. It found that approximately 50 million uh, smartphone-capable devices were using services such as SMS, MMS, and web browsing, and another 12 million devices are 3G-enabled laptops. So a, a lot of different things happening here in the U.S. as we, you know, kind of upgrade our services. People are finding, you know, devices like Blackberries and like iPhones and, and whatnot that are really uh, giving them different things that they can do with their phones in their life. And uh, very interesting to see, though, that we're up to about 91% uh, closing in quickly on that 100% saturation point. The Samsung Omnia 2 handset, the first phone to feature swipe, which is a, an input method for texting, is now the official fastest way to text 
breaking the Guinness World Record with five seconds to spare. In a video that was posted in a commercial done by Samsung, the uh, recorded message, which I'll read here, and I'm going to get a lot of these words wrong, but it's very difficult to say, was done in 35.54 seconds. And it is the razor tooth piranhas of the genera Ceroselmus and Pyogecentris are the most ferocious freshwater fish in the world. In reality, they seldom attack a human. So that was all texted uh, in 35.54 seconds using swipe on a Samsung Omnia 2. If you want to watch the video, it's actually quite impressive to see them do it here. Uh, but quite wild to, to see how quickly that can be done. Yeah, it is amazing. I, I can't imagine how long it would take me on the Centro. <laughs> yeah, I could see this probably about two minutes, three minutes maybe. Yeah. Uh, mostly because i'd have to look at the words and go i don't even know what that is and then get distracted and but yeah this this gentleman was able to do it he's actually an intern uh his name is franklin page and he's an intern for swipe so apparently he's had a lot of time to practice using the software so pretty uh, pretty interesting there the fcc this week said that it would start the process once again to auction use of a part of the 700 megahertz wireless spectrum a notice of inquiry is planned for as soon as early summer and would open up the d block frequencies that failed to sell last year once already, the auction could start as early as mid-2011, says FCC Public Safety and Homeland Security Chief Jamie Barnett. Officials haven't insisted on a particular path for the extra space, but they noted that it was intended for commercial use and that it would likely play a role in the hoped-for National Public Safety Network outlined in the National Broadband Plan this past week. So uh, so soon we'll see some more of this stuff here. There's a lot of spectrum talk at the FCC, or the uh, CTIA keynotes. The FCC played a big part in that. A lot of stuff still needs to happen here as we got a lot of things that still need to to come down the pike here with the spectrum that's opening up. Well, with the... uh, amount of usage that you just read had in that last story there you know we, we need more spectrum and i think uh, we're very very limited with with how many people have cell phones and how much data and how many sms messages were sent which is just mind-blowing how how much how much we're doing with those little tiny chunks of spectrum that that's currently done with i mean that is stunning i mean that's fractions of percentage compared to you know television spectrums and you know fm radio and am radio it's uh, pretty pretty mind-blowing here so you know they've lowered the reserve price on the d block and uh, I, i'm sure they'll get a buyer for it now because even a, a year and a half ago the the market is much more mobile now than it was yeah and at&t and verizon did pass on that block and 2008 when they first threw it out there. So um, I, I think we, you're right. I think we may see some additional uh, bids come in on this stuff here and we'll cover it as we move forward here. Uh, but the FCC did say that it will be auctioned once again. If you are a user of the Orange Line in Boston on the T, you're going to be interested to know this information. Apparently, they are now have the entire line covered. So if you're a rider of the T subway, you can use your phone on uh, T-Mobile and uh, AT&T. You will be able to use your phone through that entire line. So very good news there, I guess, if you're a T rider that uh, that you can... uh, you can use your phone on the, on the ride. And AT&T is coming soon. Coming soon. A couple soon. weeks, yeah. Yep. Verizon and other carriers are still negotiating according to Boston.com. AT&T is a micro cell set for national rollout. It's about time AT&T announcing plans to roll out the 3G micro cell Femto product and services nationwide. They've been trialing the services and test markets in places such as Georgia, and beginning in mid-April, it will roll out the service to U.S. users that can purchase the microcell for $150 and connect it to their home or business broadband line. The microcell blankets a home or small office with, with additional cellular coverage that will then go over the internet to AT&T's backend. The microcell can support up to four active lines at a time. AT&T is allowing users to register up to 10 numbers with access to the microcell, and it costs 
costs individuals or family plans $20 a month for unlimited calling and or data from the microcell. AT&T is offering rebates to lower the cost of the cell and depending on the type of service that you're using and what you choose to initiate. I hope though. I hope so because you know what? That seems ridiculous to have to pay them so much money to improve their coverage. Well, I, you know, it'd be nice if they could get the service out to every single provider, every user in a more universal manner because we're seeing these femto cells that are popping up on the on the different providers that are only good for certain services. So what happens if you've got someone in your house like myself now that has Sprint, Verizon, and AT&T? I'm not going to buy three femto cells. I mean, that's just ridiculous. That's where these companies like Wilson and, uh, you know, some of the other ones like YX really are making their their money is you've got people that need to have the additional enhancements to their coverage in their homes and they don't want to buy something directly from a carrier. Well, plus you may not have um, a dedicated internet connection to your house either if you've got all those carriers and all your phones because they all have data plans on them. So why would you even need a home internet connection in some cases? I'm a glutton for punishment, I guess. Uh, yes. Okay. Anyway. AT&T wants to keep track of your dog. The most ridiculous <laughs> picture done by Gizmodo here. AT&T in a partnership with Aposphere wants to sell a dog collar with a SIM card inside so you can wirelessly track your dog. The collar works by setting up a geofence around your home where you want your dog to say, stay, uses GPS and cell service to pinpoint just where he is. It's cheaper than an inv- invisible fence and uh, it uh, looks kind of cool, I guess, to say your dog has a GPS tracking device from AT&T. Anyway, Verizon set on March 29th tomorrow for an App Store debut. Verizon Wireless announcing they will open its own mobile application storefront. It will offer Verizon customers access to games, applications, and other services that can be downloaded directly to their handsets. Customers using smartphone platforms such as Android, BlackBerry, WebOS, and Windows Mobile already have access to branded app stores for those specific devices, but will also be able to take advantage of the Verizon one as well. Verizon will blanket one-third of America with LTE this year and double that within the next 15 months. According to Engadget, we're looking here from announcements at CTIA from Senior Vice President and CTO Tony Malone and talked about how 25 to 30 networks will be put in place this year, covering about one-third of America at the end of 2010. Beyond that, they're looking to increase the footprint twofold in the next 15 months, and by the end of 2013, have, have the same size, if not larger, than the existing 3G map. So we can see somewhere in the neighborhood of three to four years here, and the 4G coverage will be very similar to what we're seeing currently with the 3G size. Moving fastly forward here with what they're doing on the LTE side here, T-Mobile and AT&T really focusing here over the last week, talking about their HSPA networks and how they're going to be able to keep up and do what they need to do. Uh, Nonetheless, Verizon taking that next giant step forward and putting out that their LTE is on track. Clearwire announcing a handful of markets that it plans to blanket with WiMAX networks by the end of 2010. Those new markets include Los Angeles, Miami, St. Louis, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, and Salt Lake City. These cities will join the 27 markets already covered by the WiMAX services. And uh, Houston, which was previously announced, will go live in the coming weeks. Clearwire also announced that it will be upgrading its existing WiMAX network's backhaul capability. Clearwire will double the number of transmitters and receivers per site. And Clearwire says this will result in a potential boost to end-user speeds by approximately 20 to 30%. Upgrades will be made gradually across the four wire, the, the Clearwire 4G network, and uh, they will be completed, or they have already been completed, in Seattle, Honolulu, and Maui. So good news if you're a 4G user 
uh, in that regard. T-Mobile stating that its rollout of its HSPA Plus 3.75G network uh, is currently expanding quickly here. They've upgraded the network and is now live in much of the New York City area, as well as suburbs of Washington, D.C., in addition to the already announced Philadelphia market. The next city that will be added is L.A. The company plans to offer HSPA Plus in 100 metro areas by the end of 2010. The network upgrades include upgrading the backhaul connections to fiber at 20,000 cell sites. Another 10,000 cell sites have already been upgraded, providing faster data to existing 3G customers. The company also plans to introduce its first HSPA Plus phones in the second half of 2010. Pure Energy and T-Mobile announced that it has made inductive charging accessories that will be compatible with the HTC MyTouch 3G. The MyTouch Drop and Go charging pad includes a new backplate for the MyTouch 3G and will be installed, lets users use the device to charge wirelessly when placed on the charging pad. Joey, we were talking about this one and how interesting these types of inductive charging uh, you know, devices are. But the efficiency level is not quite there yet. No, it's not. You know, one thing you will be, uh, you, you know, there's a lot of awareness for, you know, phantom or vampire, you know, uh, electricity usage when you have a charger plugged into the wall. It's always drawing power because it's a transformer in there, basically, that's, you know, using power when you're not even charging your cell phone, ex- uh, for example. Um, this kind of makes, this is even worse because inductive charging is not as efficient as plugging it in physically. Uh, so you will definitely be spending more in electricity to charge your device. But obviously these are just fractions of fractions of, of, you know, watts of power. So it's such a minor, uh, it's a minor thing. The convenience of being able to just set it, your phone on there, uh, I think makes up for it. I was just going to say at the cost of convenience, right? Yep. That, that's always what these things are all about. The backplate is available only for the MyTouch 3G and will become available via T-Mobile retail stores in the coming weeks. Deutsche Telekom, the owner of T-Mobile USA, says that they consider the U.S. market to be highly attractive for the upcoming years, and they are not considering a multi-billion dollar deal. There's been speculation that Deutsche Telekom has been preparing to spin off the company for quite a while, and Obermann, who's the CEO of Deutsche Telekom, has made it clear that they are committed to T-Mobile here in the U.S. Cricket Wireless has made a big announcement with their nationwide expansion of its calling services this week. Cricket has struck a new roaming agreement with Sprint to dramatically improve the footprint of its network. And before the expansion, Cricket covered 195 million people. And uh, after this announcement, they now reach 270 million. The expansion allows people to use voice and texting services in these new areas as it were their home region. Cricket uh, has stated that devices and services will continue to be available only in markets where Cricket provides its own coverage and there will be no 3G data roaming. The expansion is for voice and SMS only, and in addition to the new footprint, they've revamped its calling plans, so for only $30 per month, a user can get basic unlimited calling across the new roaming region. For $40 a month, users get voicemail, call forwarding, nationwide SMS messaging, and mobile web. And for $50 a month, you can have all the previously mentioned features, plus mobile email, international texting, data backup, and navigation Finally, for $60 a month, you add on unlimited mobile video and mobile entertainment features, and unlimited texting to Mexico is available as an add-on for an additional $15 per month. So a lot of different options there for Cricket. If you're looking to save a few bucks and you want to get in on an unlimited plan, Cricket now covering all the same areas that the Sprint coverage has. Rogers Wireless unveiled that its free data tethering promotion that was set to expire May 3rd is becoming a permanent fixture of its plans. 
Uh, the move gives anyone with a Canadian one gigabyte or larger plan the option to use their iPhone or other tether, tethering compatible smartphone as a 3G internet connection for a computer without having to incur a separate charge. Any data used for tethering is simply taken out of the existing monthly transfer allowance, Rogers said. It cannot be used with the new U.S. data roaming plans. And uh, this is a, an interesting announcement as I think what they did when they first came out and saw that the iPhone was going to offer the tethering plans uh, in via the software where you can easily plug it into your computer and uh, tether it to the device, they said, all right, we're going to offer this up. We're going to see how it goes, and we'll make a decision after we get to the point uh, of, you know, we need to. But I, I think, Joey, not a whole lot of people are using this, or if the people are, it's, it's you know, a very small fraction, and it's really the geeks. Yeah, and, it, you know, tethering is a great feature. It's something you, you don't use constantly in most cases but when you do need it or want it it is it's amazing to have but even me i mean i use it somewhat frequently but it's it's just not that much so they probably realized it it they, they probably saw in their logs that it's not being used uh that much yeah it's one of those like like you said great features to have when you need it i mean some people are using it more than others but honestly i, I you know i don't know every once in a while i guess that's it's good to have. It's, it's a good thing to have. If you're a Rogers customer, you're probably happy with it. So anyway, let's move on. Let's help support us. That's the next topic here with Netflix. Two-week free trial. Plan starting $5 per month. 100,000 titles to choose from. Keep each movie as long as you want. No late fees. Free shipping. Free delivery in a business day. Cancel anytime. And as a bonus to the DVDs, you can watch some of the movies over the internet for no additional charge. And that's what we're going to talk about this week is how there's a brand new way that you can watch your Netflix videos. Uh, if you are a current Netflix subscriber, you may have already seen it here. They have started to ship out the discs for the Wii out to all their customers. I guess, uh, d do we have to ask for those? I'm trying yes, to remember. Yep, you got to go to a, a certain website on the Netflix site to request it. Okay, well, I ended up requesting it apparently then because mine did arrive. And Joey and I were playing with this today, and wow, this is an amazing interface that Netflix has created here. It gives you a DVD that you pop in to your Wii player there, and then when you launch, turn on the Wii, basically you choose the Netflix disc like you would any other game that's in the, and it, it puts you into a beautiful user interface that allows you to view any movies that you already put into your instant queue or search for new releases, titles in comedy, horror, whatever your genre is that you're looking for, and really just kind of you know, hop in and watch. It's like pay-per-view on your Wii. It's quite amazing. It is. It's a it's a nice interface. I really wish the Roku had that capability where you could uh, pick movies that not uh, that aren't in your instant queue, and, and you just can't do that. And that's a very limiting thing of the Roku. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a big fan of Netflix. I uh, have not watched anything this week, so I've got nothing to mention. But uh, this was a great thing to see that they finally got this out. So if you are not a Netflix member right now and you've got a Wii, I mean, you don't even have to deal with the DVDs hardly anymore. I mean, unless you really want to get the latest and greatest, because not everything is streaming, of course. But if you're just looking for a movie to watch and you've got a Wii, pop in the Wii disc and you can go on your way, search, find a movie to watch. And the quality is quite good. It is. It's obviously since the Wii, you're, you're limited by the hardware and the Wii is not HD. So any of the HD movies that uh, Netflix provides will not be in HD and you won't also get the uh, digital audio where you've got multi-channel surround sound that are available on some of the devices. Um, but if you do want this disc or to activate the uh, Wii disc, you go to netflix.com slash Wii. Okay, easy enough. So thanks to Netflix 
for being a sponsor. And uh, if you want to sign up for Netflix, help us out by heading over to the cellphonejunkie.com. On the right side of the page, there's a link for Netflix. Just click on that. It'll uh, let them know that you came through us and through our website, and you'll support us by doing so. Talk about some devices here. Apple now selling iPhones without a contract. If you go into an Apple store, you can pick up an iPhone at full price without proof of an AT&T contract. The device is still locked to the AT&T network, but can be purchased for $500 for the 3G version or $599 or $699 for the 3GS. You are not required to extend your contract if you purchase the iPhone at this full retail price. So great news that that is now an option for those looking to pick themselves up an iPhone without the contract. Palm announced that AT&T will be offering the Pre Plus and Pixie Plus in some time uh, in the next coming months. The phones will be identical to the versions being sold on Verizon Wireless, with the exception of a quad-band GSM radio plus dual-band 850 and 1900 MHz 3.6 megabit HSDPA radios. All other aspects of the hardware are identical. Current AT&T customers will be able to port their online contacts to either phone seamlessly. The devices have been branded with official AT&T applications such as the navigation, and the Pre Plus will cost $150 after mail-in rebate, Pixie Plus $50 after rebate, and they will come in the same black color that's already being offered by both Sprint and Verizon. Just make sure you realize that this is not an international uh, capable device for uh, HSDPA uh, radios here, something that I noticed when looking at those specs. There is no 2100 megahertz in there for international roaming. The HTC HD2 now available from T-Mobile. If you're a Windows Mobile 6.5 fan, you can now pick up the HTC HD2 if you can find it. Uh, this one is uh, uh, was in hot demand here. It sold out within four hours of going on sale. T-Mobile looks like they've got a hit on their hands here with the HD2 here. Uh, great news, though, for those looking for a new large screen uh, touchscreen device on the Windows mobile platform. Cricket Wireless offering the newest Curve, the 8530, with AWS CDMA coming this summer. So if you're on Cricket and you want to pick yourself up a BlackBerry, hang out here for a few months and you should be able to get your 8530. The Nokia Neuron is now available on T-Mobile. If you're looking for the newest Symbian device from Nokia, you can now pick up the Neuron for $60 on a new agreement. Probably the biggest news from the CTIA show this week was the launch of the first 4G phone known as the HTC Evo 4G. Dan Hesse talked at the conference this past week in Vegas, uh, launching the first phone to take advantage of the carrier's WiMAX network. The Evo 4G is an Android smartphone. It's got a 4.3-inch touchscreen, similar to the size and shape of that previously mentioned HTC HD2. The phone features an HD video recording, as well as an 8-megapixel camera with autofocus and LED flash. It's got a 1.3-megapixel front-facing user our user-facing front-facing camera for video sharing features. It also allows you to watch HD videos on the large screen. The phone also has an HDMI output, and it's got the newest HTC Sense UI from or for Android, including a new friend stream feature that aggregates updates from a variety of social networking sites, including Twitter, Facebook, and Flickr. Inside, the phone uses that 1 gigahertz Snapdragon processor found in the Nexus 1 from Qualcomm, and it will also use the Adobe Flash in web browser. So if you're looking for a phone that takes advantage of Flash, you'll be able to do it 
on the Evo 4G. Lots of great specs on this device here. Uh, it also has 802.11 B and G. It's got an 8 gigabyte uh, micro SD card that comes with it. And of course, taking advantage of the 4G network here. I mean, this is something that if you were looking for the highest spec device that you can possibly find of 2010, the Evo 4G is the one for you. Well, and this just blows the Nexus 1 away, which was the highest spec you know, Android device out, which just came out just what, how long ago? Yeah, and, January. And obviously this, uh, you know, this isn't out yet, but it, this is, you know, the Android device to get. And of course you're going to be future proofed here for a little while on the, uh, for the 4G capability too. So the uh, Sprint really did uh, a pretty good number here on making their first, uh, uh, first 4G phone good enough to use across their 3g network as well and and nobody will even miss the 4g if they don't have that capability in their area it does have the capacitive buttons on the bottom of it as opposed to the hd2 which has got the hardware buttons on it so it is a it's a basically a screen device you're not going to be using buttons on this thing it also has no trackball or trackpad on the bottom of it so you're not going to have looks like any sort of notification you know that the nexus had that the trackball that would flash and blink if you had messages and things like that it, this doesn't have that unless there's maybe some another light on it somewhere it's, it's kind of hard to tell at this point uh, but nonetheless i mean it is definitely the android device i think of the year so far i mean it's 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 pretty big news here so if you got to be happy if you're a sprint customer especially if you're in a 4g area absolutely you know because right now we've got the two uh, the moment and the hero on sprint so there's not a huge selection at the moment and those have been out for quite some time so it's nice that they've got this uh, really nice high-end phone coming out that will um you know basically it's uh you know supersede the uh, nexus one mm-hmm. yeah I, I think it's a great a great thing for them and uh, we're going to talk a lot more about this one on the unlock show so save for that dell arrow coming to at&t with android that's about all we know about it here at&t not releasing many details here dell not talking a lot about it either it's got a customized user interface developed by Dell and AT&T, but at uh, the CTIA show, there was not any hands-on time done with this device, or at least very little. So, uh, But look for this one to come, Dell's first smartphone coming to AT&T with Android. Sprint and Motorola announced the i1, the first Android phone for the iDen network, such as Sprint Nextel. It's a ruggedized phone supporting a solid body construction, meeting military specifications, a 3.1-inch touchscreen, push-to-talk, 5-megapixel camera, swipe text entry, Opera Mini 5, and Wi-Fi. We'll be offering the Motorola i1 this summer on the Sprint Nextel network. Kyocera introduces its first Android handset, the Zio M6000, the first handset from the Japanese maker of cell phones to run on Android. The Zio will ship with Android version 1.6. It's a tri-band CDMA slash EVDO Reve handset supporting the 800, 1700, and 1900 megahertz bands. It is compatible with networks such as Sprint, Verizon, and other smaller carriers like Cricket. It will include Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, and A2DP plus GPS on a 3.5-inch capacitive WVGA 800 by 480 pixel resolution touchscreen. It features a 3.2 megapixel camera, video capture at 30 frames a second, and support for micro SD cards up to 32 gigabytes. Kyocera did not say if or when any U.S. carriers would offer the device. Samsung unveiling its Galaxy S Android device at CTIA. It's a Google Android phone with a 1 gigahertz processor. It will also be the first uh, mobile device to ship with Bluetooth 3.0 on board. It runs Android 2.1 with a 4-inch WVGA display that is a super AMOLED screen, offering better viewing in bright outdoor light conditions than the previous AMOLED screen technology. 
fast processor in the Galaxy S will play HD videos at 720p resolution. And to watch those, you will have to have a compatible uh, DNLA device allowing users to connect to home theater equipment and other DNLA devices. Samsung will ship the phone with a layer augmented reality browser on board in addition to some custom applications and widgets to support news and information feeds for social networking and other services. For text input, yep, it's Swipe's keyboard again, plus a 5-megapixel camera that can be found on the back, as well as a front-facing VGA camera for video conferencing. Verizon Wireless made the Motorola Devour Android handset available for sale this week, $150 with a mail-in rebate. Uh, This has been available at Best Buy since late February. It is now available at Verizon. SanDisk announcing the availability of the new micro SD card for mobile phones that can store up to 32 gigabytes of content, 32 gigs on a micro SD card, 32 gigs. Unbelievable, Mickey. I mean, I think it's amazing it can fit a megabyte on one of these little things. I mean, they're so tiny. Just think, I mean, the size of disks, how, how it, it's mind blowing to me, Mickey, I 32 gigabytes on that little micro SD. You got, got to get like a raid of of these little things so that you could i mean you think about how much i mean in the size of like even a phone how many of these little things you could have terabytes of data yeah in the size of a phone yeah terabytes and and you know considering some of the early hard drives were in the gigabyte range and they took up you know gigantic rooms full weighing <laughs> 20 tons uh and they cost you know how many hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, it's just stunning and of course the access is much faster on these little things too mm-hmm. and and it's, uh, I don't know, it's just simply amazing. $200 will be the price point for it available at SanDisk's website starting in April. Samsung introducing the first handset to combine CDMA 3G and LTE 4G radios into a single device. Few details about the handset were shared, but it stated that it will allow voice calls over 3G and make use of the LTE uh, bands for data. The SCHR900 will launch later this summer on MetroPCS. Samsung also noted that MetroPCS has selected Samsung to provide the network infrastructure needed to launch the LTE network in Las Vegas during the second half of the year. MetroPCS previously announced Ericsson as a supplier for LTE networking equipment, but Samsung will be the exclusive provider for the infrastructure in the Las Vegas market. MetroPCS does not maintain its own EVDO network, and the regional carrier will be uh, skipping the 3G technology to move directly to LTE. LG's rumor, Touch, launching uh, tomorrow, or actually today, the March 28th, for Sprint. It is a blue-colored LG uh, device for $80. Red and purple versions will go on sale in mid-April. Well, if uh, you'd like to find more stuff that we talk about, you can join us over... It's stuff, Joey. It's stuff. It's a lot of stuff. Actually, we talk about more than just stuff. It's everything you want to know about the mobile phone industry on The Cell Phone Junkie Unlocked. It's our bi-monthly premium podcast where we talk about everything you ever wanted to know. Well, at least maybe some more that you want to know. Yeah, I don't know about everything. <laughs> about the, we'll probably miss quite a few topics if everything is your requirement. Well, we'd, yeah, we'd be talking just 24 hours a day. But we will talk about what you want if you send us a request. That's right. We absolutely will. You can sign up easily over at thecellphonejunkie.com. Click the link on the right side for TCPJ Unlocked. Then click on subscribe to premium content. Follow the instructions to get signed up. And thanks to everyone who is supporting us by having signed up. We appreciate every person that subscribes to the show. Great stuff. Uh, we talked a couple weeks ago with Joe Paulikowski, Pal- excuse me, from Prepaid Reviews. I think we talked about that on a couple shows ago, about how you can save money by using prepaid. Uh, and we've also talked about different things, uh, everything from uh, the different uh, Mobile World Congress topics that have been out there to interview 
interviews with people at some of the trade shows. We're hoping to do some this past week at CTIA, but you know what? There'll be another one come around here, and uh, we'll talk more about that on the next show. Apple letting buyers send iPhone applications as gifts kicks off the software section. If you want to send someone a gift of an application, you can now do so directly from Apple's App Store. Verizon's Skype application is now available. If you've got a Verizon Wireless BlackBerry Storm, Storm 2 Curve, uh, World Edition 8830 or Tour on the BlackBerry side, as well as the Motorola Droid, Devour, or HTC Eris, you can get the application to make free Skype-to-Skype calls over the Verizon CDMA network. In addition to getting cheaper international calling, all you have to do is have a Verizon wireless smartphone and data plan to use Skype Mobile. Skype-to-Skype calls will not be charged against your monthly minute allowances and or data plan. So the good news there, if you've got one of these great devices here. Now, if you want to know how to get it, it's pretty easy. You either head over to the website, verizonwireless.com slash Skype mobile, or simply send a text message to uh, with the keyword Skype to 2255 from your mobile phone, and you'll get information on how to download it. So great news there in that partnership between Skype and Verizon. Well, Google announced that it has sped up performance of its voice application on the Android platform. A new feature called Inbox Synchronization will notify Android devices of new text messages or voicemails within seconds of receiving those in your Google Voice inbox. Previously, messages were delayed up to 15 minutes, but once activated, the update will automatically disable SMS forwarding to the end user's mobile phone so you don't receive duplicate notifications. And interacting with the Google Voice contacts is now much faster. Users can refresh their application via the update tool in the Android market. Joey, this is a phenomenal option uh, in the Android side for those that are using Google Voice for their SMS specifically to be able to get their messages sent directly to them without having to use their bundled SMS messages. In fact, I don't even have an SMS plan anymore uh, on, on a couple of my devices because it's just not necessary with how easy Google Voice is. Yeah, it's an amazing application and it, it just gives the user so much power on the back end um, of your incoming calls. Uh, I, I, you know, it's, it's so hard to describe, you know, all the features that it has, but boy, it's, uh, it's very amazing. It is. I'm, I'm very pleased with what Google has continued to do here and to continue to update things for their Android platform is very good. So if you're looking for an Android, uh, another reason to get an Android device, the Google uh, Voice application synchronization is top notch. Slacker Radio announced a new version of its internet radio player for Windows Mobile 6.5 this week. The Winmo version does not allow for caching uh, like it does on other platforms, but it's still a free application. It is also being preloaded on the HTC HD2, so if you happen to be one of the lucky few that's got an HD2, check out Slacker, a great sponsor of this show, uh, great services overall. Google announced a new version of the Google Mobile Search application for the BlackBerry Storm and Storm 2. It uses Google Voice Search for search queries done by voice, as well as suggestions and search history. It also links to Gmail and Google Maps for faster access. It is a free download from Google. The BlackBerry Tour 9630 OS 5.0 coming to Verizon Wireless this week. You've got the BlackBerry Tour on Verizon. Uh, You should see this update uh, come out here very soon. You can update it either directly from your device or you can head over to the BlackBerry website to download it. StyleTap bringing the Palm OS to your iPhone. If you've got a jailbroken phone, you can head over to Cydia and download the StyleTap application to give you access to all your favorite legacy Palm OS applications. Joey, I don't know. This is uh, kind of enticing here if you're someone who is uh, familiar with the, uh, you know, the, the Palm OS and has liked all their applications that they were using, you know, with that particular operating system, and you want to bring them over to your iPhone. This is an easy way to do it. I think it's a lot of fun, and uh, I don't have a jailbroken iPhone at this point. But if for those that do and want to 
check it out, uh, this is a good way to do so. I don't know. What applications would you recommend that people check out if, if they're looking to do this uh, that, that could be kind of neat and fun to use on the Palm uh, OS? Boy, I don't know. There's uh, so many of them. It'd be tough to recommend one in particular. I mean, uh, you know, I use Datebook 6 for my calendaring, but I don't know if it'd be worth launching StyleTap to actually go into my calendar. So I, I don't exactly know. But there's so many little utilities uh, out there that if you were a Palm OS user, you probably have quite a few of them. Yeah, and I think this is, uh, you know, I think they're asking $50 for it, so it's not exactly a free download, but, uh, you know, you can you can still, I think, check it out and, and try it and see if it's something that you want to use. And honestly, I, I see something like this as just another fun way to play with the device if you're someone who likes to, you know, tinker and hack and stuff like that uh, to be able to use Palm OS applications on your iPhone. That's, that's pretty neat. Mozilla stopping development of Firefox for Windows Mobile. Apparently, seeing as Microsoft is closing the door for native applications on the smartphone running on the new Windows Phone 7 series software, uh, mobile engineering company Mozilla has decided that they will stop doing development for Windows altogether. I don't know. That probably the first of many uh, companies that are going to just say, you know what, Windows, we're done. Uh, you know, you're, you're not going to allow us to do certain things that we were doing before. And uh, so we'll move on to different things, probably like Android. Well, Windows 6, you know, or, you know, Windows Mobile 6 or Windows CE, which is called, you know, it's it's ancient. It's such an ancient OS. It makes Palm OS almost look new in some regards because of, you know, the, the revisions they went through. But uh, it's, it's time. I, I still can't believe we're seeing new devices coming out, you know, like the the uh, HD2 and all these uh, newer devices still based on that same old OS. Um, but, you know, this is just going to happen more and more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, uh, you know, Mozilla's the first. They're a pretty big company. Uh, like I said, I expect others to follow with this. So BlackBerry Internet Service 3.0 up and running. Joey talked about it last week on the show. New features on the Biz 3.0 include enhancements to Google Mail, including BlackBerry synchronization of read, unread, and sent email message status in Google Mail. Uh, That uh, feature was just added, as well as uh, enhancements uh, for additional language support, increased attachment compatibility, including open document presentations and support for things like Windows Media Audio. Also improves email setup flow for HTML access, uh, device switch revalidation, allowing you to switch your devices easier and your pins. Also hosted email access passwords are uh, and secret answers are now extended to the username and password BlackBerry smartphone user, as well as carrier-friendly names. So a lot of updates there on the 3.0. Yep, and some of the Gmail capabilities are coming soon. They're not quite rolled out yet as part of the BIS 3, uh, the, some of the, the, the cool uh, Google Mail account. Uh, blackberry things so um also for the blackberry you'll need to get the google mail plugin mm-hmm. which is real easy to do uh, so just head over and check out the link in the show notes here it'll tell you how to do all of that and uh finally in the software news sprint rolling out android 2.1 to the htc hero and samsung moment in april uh no official dates yet here but great news for those that are using android on Sprint. You'll be able to use 2.1 very soon. Yeah, and it'll get, get you kind of away from this fragmentation issue of the, the Android here, at least on Sprint. I don't think they care, to be honest with you. I don't think Google cares right now. Why would they? No, nah, they're just, you know, constant devices, constant updates, constant, you know, changing and stuff like that. They love it. They're selling phones. Uh, people are using their OS or developing for it. They're, they're just kind of throwing everything out there and hoping some stuff sticks. And guess what? It is. It definitely is. Yeah. Questions and comments this week. First one is a voicemail from Charles. Hey, this is Charles in Florida. I'm uh, listening to the latest show a little bit late this week because, uh, I don't know, things just got out of hand at work. So anyway, um, I was trying to figure out, uh, 
somebody called in about an iPhone, moving from an iPhone to the Android and what you're going to miss and stuff like that. But anyway, you guys were talking about cut and paste, and uh, and you made it sound like the Android doesn't have it. And I, oh, I was just thinking about that because I was thinking about jumping to the Nexus One as well from the iPhone. And without cut and paste, that would be a real deal breaker. So I'm trying to figure out, uh, you know, I'm driving, otherwise I'd be searching on the net or something. And but um, so I'm just going to say it while I'm thinking about it. But is that the case? There is no cut and paste on Android. I mean, that seems crazy. And um, maybe I just heard wrong, and so then you can just delete this and doesn't even have to be on the show. All right, <laughs> later. Bye. Thanks for the voicemail, Charles. And yeah, let me clarify this a little bit. So the Android OS does have cut, copy, and paste, although it's not universally available. Um, it's available in most applications, and uh, I don't think that you would find that you don't have applications that you need to use it in, although you might. Um, but it is still available um, in, in certain parts of it, so it's just... It's just not universally there. I'm sorry if I, I led you astray there with a comment last week, but I think I was talking specifically about a certain application that I was trying to do cut, copy, and paste in, uh, and I don't recall. But yes, you can do that in Android. Next one's a question from Danny. He says, hey guys, I was reading a review uh, that you did on the iHound application for the iPhone, but it doesn't look like it can help me. I had my 3GS iPhone stolen yesterday and haven't had any luck tracking it down. Are there any applications out there that can locate my phone without already being installed on the phone? Any suggestions on how to track it down? Thanks much for any help you can provide. Well, Danny, uh, the the idea behind a lot of these applications is that you have these apps already installed on the device that allow you to uh, then have uh, send either a message to the device, such as uh, the I think it's locate my iPhone or whatever the uh, the particular uh, service is called for mobile me. Uh, that's a real easy way to do it. Otherwise, things like iHound definitely have to be installed already, uh, but do allow you to go into a customized interface and then send a, a notification out to that particular device that gets uh, you know launched on the phone through a push notification, which is actually a good way to do it. And that's why I liked how iHound had done it. But it is it's got to already be installed. So the recommendation I would have uh, is unfortunately, uh, you're going to have to talk to your carrier to see if they have uh, can help you at all, either through the IMEI number that's registered with your iPhone. Hopefully, you've already got that. Otherwise, I think they can look in their records. Uh, but I would talk with them and uh, see if they can do anything to help you track it down. I'm sure you've already had the SIM card switched over to a new SIM card, um, and uh, you know you can go from there. But unfortunately, you know once that thing is out of out of your hands, if you don't already have the app installed on it, there is not anything that I, I I'm. Think, can think of that you can do. I mean, obviously, you have to physically be at that phone to install an application on it. I mean, that's a, a you know security one on one type feature. Yeah, unfortunately, I think that maybe uh, you may be out of luck in that aspect. Yeah, unfortunately, Danny, that's uh, what we can tell you here. But uh, give AT and T a call, see if they can maybe help you out with tracking it and, and whatnot. So um, that's that's my recommendation for you. I right, got two uh, two comments and questions here. We're going to integrate here. It's a comment from Paul and a question from Nathaniel. And Paul says, Mickey, for some reason, show 199 will not show up in the last 50 podcast feed that you've talked about in the past. Has something changed, Paul? And then Nathaniel says, the weekly show takes forever to download. A few weeks back, I can remember you sending a link that downloads the last 50 shows only. I can't seem to find it. Can you please provide it for me? Thanks, Nathaniel. So I wanted to read both those together because there has been a change. Libsyn, who is the hosting company for the podcast, has recently made a, a big change to the way that things are, uh, are, are are fed in and posted and stuff like that into the feeds that you guys download the show from every week. Uh, unfortunately, this has made a couple of changes here. Right now, 
the Flash player on the site is not working properly. So you may have noticed that if you're listening to the show, you're used to downloading it uh, or playing it directly on the site and you had to download it this week. Uh, we're still trying to figure that one out. And that last 50 podcast feed is not working either, unfortunately. Uh, so what you can do is just plug in uh, the RSS feed, which is the cellphonejunkie.libsyn.com slash RSS, and that will give you the updates uh, the updates for the latest shows that come out there. Uh, otherwise, just head over to the website, and there's always a download the show directly link that I put in every single show. Uh, you can go in there and click on that, and it'll launch it in another browser window and play the latest show for you. So that's another easy way to do it. We're working on it. I'm hoping I can figure out something that's like a, the same like I had before, the last 50 podcast feed. Um, but it may take a few weeks here. There's a lot of a lot of different things that have changed here. In fact, last week's show uh, took a little bit of time to actually get it posted because it was it's such a new interface and not really comfortable with it. So we're working on it. We're going to get to it here. Uh, it's just going to take a little bit of time here. So, but thanks for both of you for your questions about what's been going on. Next one here is a voicemail from Josh. Hey, Mickey. I just wanted to tell you. I hope everything's going well with your family and um, you guys aren't having any. Uh, any issues and everyone's safe and Joey did a great job on the show last week without you um, so just wanted to say that also my question for this week is advertising on AdMob I have an iPhone and I have a small electrical company here in Denver and I'm looking to advertise um, on AdMob but I'm not really able to find very much information on the internet um, and I'm just wondering what information you might have about advertising on AdMob I would like to see my company advertise on the iPhone and Android and other devices um, if you could, uh, let me know your findings, and I hope everything's going well, and I love the show. Keep up the great work. Thank you very much, Josh, for your question. Yes, I agree. Joey did do a great job with the last show, so uh, kudos to Joey for taking care of everything in my absence. Regarding your question on AdMob and advertising with them, I think it's pretty easy. Head over to admob.com slash register, sign up for an account, and then you'll be able to work through them to get your advertising in the applications on the iPhone, for example, as well as other places. AdMob, I think, is a real good place to advertise. They seem to be everywhere. I always see the ads by AdMob, you know, little tags on everything. So, uh, but thanks for the question, Josh. Next one's a question from Kyle. He says, Mickey and Joey, I first wanted to say that I'm a huge fan of the show and I find it to be by far the most complete and authoritative look at the week in mobile news. I really wanted to compliment Joey on filling in this last week's show with his solo efforts. It is very difficult a uh, task to keep the podcast concise, interesting, and entertaining when by yourself. And I want to applaud Joey for putting together such a great podcast. I can only imagine how difficult it was without having someone to bounce ideas and comments off of. In addition, I wanted to pass on a kind word to Mickey and let him know that his family were in my thoughts upon hearing the uh, emergency he had to attend to. And I hope peace has been restored to his family and his life. Uh, thanks, uh, first off, to Kyle for both your, your words to Joey and, and to me here. That, that means a lot here. And, and you were not the only one. I just happened to pick one of the comments here, but there were a lot uh, from all of you. So thanks, Kyle, for that. And he says, finally, I have a question. I know Mickey and Joey have both mentioned jailbroken iPhones from time to time. And I wanted to ask Mickey, since I believe Joey has an, uh, has, I do not believe Joey has an iPhone, just his lovely Centro. That's right. If he maintains a jailbroken iPhone, being me, and would I consider a feature on the podcast to talk a little bit more in depth on what the benefits and downfalls are of a jailbroken iPhone? I have quite a bit of experience with all generations of devices in regards to jailbreaking and would love to share my full impressions for a future episode or maybe an unlock show. Well, first off, Kyle, yeah, definitely um, we, we could consider doing something like that. Um, uh, but I, I do want to say that uh, I do have a few reasons uh, just to briefly mention on things that I would consider uh, jailbreaking for. One of my biggest ones that I, I always thought about that is not even an issue anymore, interestingly, has been the Sling Player. 
uh, up until recently, uh, when they recent they updated the software, you were not able to watch Sling Player over 3G or Edge unless you had a jailbroken device. Uh, that was through a program called Tricker 3G. Uh, that was a, a service that allowed you to take the 3G and uh, pre- have the phone pretend that that was the Wi-Fi so that the applications could then take advantage of the 3G data connection to do whatever that they wanted to do. And uh, so uh, that was one reason that I thought, and there actually are a lot of applications still out there that require a Wi-Fi connection. Skype is one of them still. You still cannot use Skype over 3G to make phone calls. So if you want to use a service like Tricker 3G, Skype is a good reason to do that. Also a program called Backgrounder. That's a service that allows you to background applications and run things in the background, which is something I think we're going to see in the next iteration of the software. Not sure yet, though, but that's what I anticipate. PDANet, something that allows you to take that 3G connection and share it over Wi-Fi to uh, the other devices that you have around you is a great thing to have, and that's something that you cannot do without the, the ability of a jailbroken device. Also, an easy way to toggle your different radios, such as Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, and GPS. There are great little plugins and different things that you can put on your screen, one-touch access to turning on and off your, like your Bluetooth or your Wi-Fi without having to dig through a couple of menus. I like those types of services. Also, Google Voice. If you use Google Voice and you don't like to use the web app that's been developed, you can obviously use the services that have been uh, provided uh, through the App Store that have since been removed, uh, and uh, you can search for some different ways to use Google Voice. And then also notifications. There are some great ways to see notifications done through uh, jailbroken applications. Uh, so those are just some of the things that I, I thought about just offhand when you mentioned it. And if you're interested uh, in uh, maybe doing a show here in the future, uh, let me think about that a little bit here and I'll get back to you because that could be a lot of fun to do something like that on an unlocked show. But anyway, thanks for reaching out and all your comments, Kyle. Next one's a comment from Brian. It just says, congratulations on show 200, guys. It seems like just yesterday you had your first show. Regards, Brian from The Cellphonist, Inc. Well, Brian, thanks very much for your comments. We're very excited to be here at show number 200. A pretty big milestone here. A lot of fun. Next one's a comment from Jerry. He says, hey, guys, I really enjoy your show. It's fast moving. You don't stutter and you don't have hosts that tend to giggle annoyingly and unprofessionally. Anyway, I thought I would uh, I thought you would like a real life anecdote uh, on how screwed up our U.S. cell phone market is with its four major carriers, two cell systems and a slew of phone manufacturers that more and more tend to release exclusive uh, devices to a carrier. Case in point, the HTC HD2 the most fantabulous Windows Mobile creation ever. We were all hoping it'd be carrier agnostic when it finally hit the U.S. earlier this year, but instead it became an exclusive of the smallest, least influential carrier in the U.S., i.e. T-Mobile. By the way, I'm a 10-year subscriber to Sprint, enjoying the HTC Touch Pro 2, which is all uh, on all four major carriers. Anyway, since I felt that I really had to have an amazing HD2, I was seriously evaluating T-Mobile as a carrier, especially since on March 24th, the sell date for the HD2 approached. All the while, there were no other cell phone announcements or introduce, int- introductions that rivaled the HD2, and that included the Nexus 1. So on March 23rd at CTIA, just before many Sprint customers might have walked into T-Mobile, the next day, Sprint strategically announces the game-changing HTC Evo uh, 3, or excuse me, 4G, which is essentially an HD2 dressed in Android with WiMAX connectivity. Well, that worked like a bucket of ice water on me because <laughs> that just suddenly the HD2 became yesterday's yesterday's phenom and the Evo 4G became the sh- new shiny must-have cell phone toy, even though its availability is summerish. 
but that's okay too, because I've yet to apply the Windows Mobile 6.5 Sense 2.5 update to my Touch Pro 2, which will essentially morph it into an HD2, albeit on a slightly smaller LCD. I'll understand if you're shaking your heads by now with all uh, the... I don't know that word. And I, like like me, I have gone through an attempt to get the smartphone experience the way uh, they want to, to maintain the interest in a way that may be the next most capable smartphone. I sincerely hope you are not operating. We are not all operating this way five or 10 years from now. Keep up the great podcast, guys. Take care. I think it's Jerry. Uh, Jerry with a G. Anyway, Jerry, you know, you make a really great point. I've kind of followed all these different uh, you know announcements here and was listening to an interesting podcast the other day from the guys over at the smartphone experts on the Android Central, uh, Crackberry, uh, Palm, Palm Central, Palmcast, whatever it is. And they were talking about how the cell phone market today is really now like the automobile market. If you think back to the cars that were announced back in the early parts of the 1900s, it was definitely a, this is what you kind of need to get around and get done type of automobile. And then as we move forward in time, you had device, uh, cars that came out there, uh, that had things like fins on them. You know, think about the 1950s. You had these like gadgets and doodads. You know, you had you know power antennas and power windows and doors and radios and all these different different types of things that really translate very well to how the phone market is. A phone makes a phone call. A car drives down the road. But there's all these other features that you can now do with it. And as we move forward here, we're going to start to see even a more fragmentation here. As, as more and more manufacturers come out, they introduce their devices that they think are the next greatest thing, and they may be the best thing for, for one particular person, but like there's no one car that's the best for every person that's out there, there's no one phone that I think is best either. No, there isn't, and it, you know, and it especially really uh, matters on which carrier you're on, because your coverage is what's really important. And you know, even T-Mobile may have great coverage in your area, but if you look, if you need data you may not have 3G coverage on T-Mobile in your particular area because, you know, their footprint is a lot smaller. And it just goes around and around like that. So like you said, you know, the HD2 and T-Mobile coverage, it may not be your thing, even though you want the HD2. Um, also on a side note here, I did install that uh, 6.5 update on a Touch Pro 2 this week, and it did it went very well and uh, didn't take very long at all compared to most other updates I've done. So um, that's uh, that was pretty easy to do find that most of the updates that come out on you know windows mobile or any other os are are fairly easy to do nowadays uh palm and android definitely have the better ways to do it it's over the air it's it's pretty simple uh but on blackberry iphone you know you have to tether the device and do it that way but not on the not on some blackberries that's true there is the wireless update on the blackberry that you can go through i I think it just really depends on the carrier decides to release it too yeah again if you want to get the early version of the rom too you can pop out grab it online dump it on the device and there you go so uh, lots of uh, lots of different ways, but anyway, it's a, a great story, Jerry. Appreciate uh, or Gar- Gary, Jerry. I think it's Jerry. There's two R's, so I'm going with Jerry. Thanks for your comments there. Uh, very interesting thought too, because I had the very same thing. I'm going, wow, HD two, real, real nice. Boom, Evo four G, mm, HD two. What's that? Yep. Anyway, old news. Finally today, comment from Phil. He says, Mickey, I live in the San Francisco Bay Area, and I'm about to get a Verizon MiFi to use with my laptop, iPhone, and soon-to-arrive iPad. We don't have 4G yet in this area, though I've read Sprint will have it later in the year. Verizon's 4G plans are less clear. 4G speeds would be nice, which is why I'm considering an overdrive, but I also travel to some rural areas in California, and I suspect Verizon will have coverage where Sprint doesn't. Since both use CDMA and eVideo, does Sprint cellular broadband roam onto Verizon's network? Or if I want the best coverage, should I stick with Verizon? Uh, when do you think they might roll out uh, LTE 
and a 4G network. Uh, are there other considerations when comparing these two devices? Thanks, and I appreciate the work you put into the show every week. It's always impressive. Well, thanks, Phil, for the comments. First off, uh, secondly, on the y, or the MiFi devices, I would say uh, in your particular situation, and again, this is different for everybody, I would say for right now in the current time that we are in, Verizon is probably the service that you could, you should go with, especially if you do traveling to rural areas. Yes, Sprint will roam on Verizon. No, it will not always pick up the 3G signal. A lot of times what happens is that when you roam on Sprint, especially the newer devices, when it goes into roaming, it's the 1XRTT network only. It's not the 3G networks. And I believe that's what's going to happen with you when you go to try and use a Sprint device on the Verizon network. The Overdrive is a great device for cities where you, you have great 3G coverage. And now with the 4G coverage, it's really good. But it's not if you're traveling around, uh, you know, in, in a lot of different areas, it's not really going to be the best thing for you, I don't think. And so I would definitely stick with the Verizon service. As we talked about earlier, Verizon's going to be getting their LTE network out here sometime in late 2010 to about 25 to 30 different markets across the country. They're going to double that in the next 15 months. And then by the end of 2013, they will have as big or bigger of a 4G network compared to their current 3G network. So there are a lot of different factors to take to keep in mind there. Um, you know, it's almost worth it to maybe see if you can pick up a, a used MiFi and see if you can just get uh, maybe get a contract. There's there's someone that has uh, the MiFi plan and just kind of go on a month to month basis as opposed to buying a brand new one because you may want here in just you know 12 months or so to upgrade yourself to something even better and you're going to still be stuck in that uh, current two year contract or just kind of suck it up and just say whatever it's you know two year contract and I'll deal with this for the next couple of years. But Verizon's 3G coverage is very good. I would highly recommend it. I've had great success with it in the travels that I've had, especially over the last few months here. It's been really good. Yeah, and, and, and Mickey's exactly right there, especially with the roaming. Uh, usually Verizon roaming from Sprint, you get, you're limited to 1XRTT. A lot of the um, uh, Altel signals were EVDO roaming, but since Verizon you know, bought them out, I think they're switching a lot of it over to the 1XRTT. So it kind of discourages that use, unfortunately. Um, and also, you know, we of course they actually have to release a MiFi for LTE and we may not see one for two or three years too. I mean, it's, it's, you know, possible they won't even release one. I'm sure they will right away. I'm sure it'll be one of the first devices, but obviously, you know, you do have to wait on that as well. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of things to consider. I, I don't have a, a, a one size fits all answer, but in your situation, I think it makes sense to stick with Verizon. Um, the other thing I would say is in the areas that you travel, see if you can get your hands on a sprint phone to travel around and see how the 3g coverage is. There's also the, you know, return policy that you have. I believe you can get a sprint 4g device uh, like the overdrive, test it out, see if, you know, take a drive, see what you can do and, uh, and how that works. But, uh, definitely 4g is only going to be available in major markets for the uh, foreseeable future here. Uh, and you're going to be lucky with 3G outside of those markets because Sprint is definitely focused on the major areas where Verizon has done you know, done what they can to roll out 3G to a, as big of an area as possible. So uh, anyway, hopefully that gets you kind of in the right direction and good luck with that decision, uh, Phil. And again, thanks for writing in. And if you'd like to send us a question or comment, you can do so a couple of ways. Send us an email to questions at thecellphonejunkie.com and like Phil and the others, we'll read it on the show or give us a call to 206-203-3734. And uh, you can also follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash TCPJ underscore Mickey or twitter.com slash TCPJ underscore Joey. So Joey, thank you very much as always for your time. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening. 
For more information about the stories you've just heard, visit us at thecellphonejunkie.com. 